0: dog notebook podcast a podcast featuring the stories trips afield and legacies that are left following great gun dogs and classy bird dogs i'd like to thank my sponsor the pride dog food for their excellence in performance dog nutrition and orvis for allowing me the written platform for my outdoor writing i'd also like to thank the other friends and contributors that make this gun dog community such a great thing. Thanks for listening. This is the next episode of the Gun Dog Notebook, hosted by Darrell Smith. Okay guys, welcome to another episode, the New Year's episode actually, it's January 1st, it's the New Year's episode and um, I have the honor uh, and privilege of having Jay Lowry from Rygland Gun Dogs and his kennel manager, um, Miss Buffy uh, Chandler, I have them on the line and they're going to talk a little bit about uh, Rygling Gun Dogs, English Cockers and just so you guys know just some backstory. I met Jay at the uh, Orvis uh, Purcell Farms Game Fair, and you know when when I had, I was talking to somebody else, and I honestly was trying to rush through that conversation to go talk to Jay. So just you know understand how big a deal this is for me. It's a great way to open up the year. So anywho, Jay Buffy, how are you guys?
1: We're great. Thank you
0: very much. Awesome. Awesome and happy New Year, guys! <laughs> Look, my my year—I don't know. Uh, I guess the year gets better for me. I got 364 days to keep doing awesome stuff. <laughs> right. So, just going—you know—back to uh, you know Purcell Farms. You know, you guys were there. And just really, really showing out. I mean, y'all, everything you were doing, Jay, from the demonstrations to, you know, having little sage just sitting there and kind of letting the kids interact stuff like that. That was just awesome. And it really spoke volumes to the work that you and Buffy um, do for Ryglin And on top of the fact that it's a big deal for me because I've just I've literally been looking at your photo, that famous photo that you got um, you know, in Garden Gun and Covey Rise, where you're walking down the street in Thomasville, you know what I'm talking about?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is literally where I saw your your like I got exposed to it. Um, and so I just, you know, I'm kind of up in arms about it. But let's let's talk about, you know, the background to Rygling Gun Dogs and, and Jay, your background and training history and um, and, and Buffy, even yours as well. How did you guys even get started? What let's talk about let's start from the beginning.
2: Good. Um so I actually, uh, as, as a kid growing up, nobody in my family really hunted.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I always always wanted dogs, wanted to train dogs, didn't really know how. Um, and actually, it wasn't until after I got out of dental school that um, I got my first dog, uh, a wild a lab from Wild Rose Kennels.
0: Okay, um,
2: and. Uh, I came home with that dog. I tell people the story every time they come to a puppy picking. Um, I came home with that dog. His name was Duke. Uh, my parents came over to see him. And I remember leaning up against the, the sink in my kitchen. And my mom said, so what are you going to do with that? And I said, I'm going to train it and teach it to duck hunt. And my mother's response, and I love my mom to death, was, yeah, right. <laughs> um, and at that point, it was the challenge has been uh, you know, I've accepted the challenge, yep. and so that was in 2002, I believe. Um, and from that moment on, every spare moment that I had was spent uh, reading books, was everything that I could be at um, at Wildrose for the next probably 10 years. Wow! So. Um I, I was heavily, heavily, heavily um bought into Mike Stewart, Wild Rose training methodology, all that sort of stuff. So I got Duke in two thousand two in about two thousand four. Um, so I had him a year and a half. I had him pretty well trained, I thought. I approached Mike and Kathy Stewart about um possibly training some dogs for them and they were gracious enough to allow me to do that. And then from that point, till about 2013-14, I was what was called an associate trainer with Wildrose. Okay. So I trained dogs. I trained dogs for Mike. um, Only I was in Illinois doing it. I wasn't a a full-time member of the staff down there. So uh, that's kind of how I got started in dog training. As far as copters go, though, Mike and I actually were in the U.K. together in February of 2013 and just visiting some different kennels and such and uh, the, one of our friends that we were with set up for us to uh, rabbit hunt over coppers mm. which full disclosure I thought was the stupidest thing I've ever heard of in my life <laughs> because at that, at that point in my life a cocker spaniel was the crazy dog that your grandmother had they mm-hmm. would bite you mm-hmm. um and anyway so we went and did that that day by noon um of that day of rabbit hunting I was told um I said, you know, I, I became Mike Stewart's prodigal son, so to speak, <laughs> and I walked away from the labs and dove head deep into cockers. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. So, and and the, the, the true backstory, even a little bit further backstory, when, when we rabbit hunted, um, I said, we're going to rabbit hunt over with Ian Oakenshaw over his cockers, which meant nothing to me. I knew nothing about spaniels <laughs> at that point little that i
1: know i
2: was hunting with the best of the best mm-hmm. um on that day so that
0: that was a day that, that forever will kind of quote unquote change my life wow that's wild. Yeah. first and foremost i mean to be able to say that you hunted with ian openshaw it just on a whim like that <laughs> is yeah. not something that yeah. anybody just gets a chance to do um, yeah but but second of all i i i'm excited to have you on because you said something kind of funny so the perception of cockers was like you said your grandma's crazy dog and as a kid I actually had Cocker Spaniels which is wild I didn't I knew nothing about hunting back then very similar background as you like my parents didn't do it so on and so forth and I had a little Cocker Spaniel and the only memory that I have his name was D because that's what little kids named Darrell do they name their dog after their nickname (laughs) so all i remember about this little black cocker was that little thing chasing me around the house and i was little i mean i was i had to be maybe eight nine ten years old um and when i got into hunting and i saw these little 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 pocket rocket looking dogs i was I, i honestly didn't take them very seriously myself still and and I think I was wa- I was watching some kind of video. This was before I'd even heard about Ryglin. and them little things were moving. Yeah, I mean, just flying through the bush. I was like, oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they
2: are amazing little yes, sure. dogs.
0: Yes, 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 for yes. Sure. Well, before we proceed, Miss Buffy, how how did you get started? What what drove you? to this crazy world that we call gun dogs.
3: Um, I'm a, dent, a patient of Jay and I love the outdoors. I've worked at a pharmacy for years and I'd always ask him if he had, on a beautiful day when I mean, I'd have to be at the dentist's office and I always ask him if I could go to the house and be the groundskeeper. So it just come about that one time he scheduled a hunt, uh what, three years ago in December? And he needed someone, he couldn't get the his dog with him on the same adjoining flight, so he needed one, someone to take his dog down to the airport. So that's what I did, hmm. and back then in January, he needed someone to go pick up dogs because they were coming in from England, and he couldn't, their flights got changed, and he couldn't reschedule all of his dentist patients, so he had me go pick them up, and yeah. Then now, almost three years later, I'm here.
0: Wow. So. Going on to the dentist thing, just as a quick side note, Jay, how are you a dentist and a dog trainer and and Buffy? Are are you still a patient? How does that work?
2: <laughs> um, yes, she's still a patient. <laughs> um, it 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 works honestly, Drew, because my my dental schedule is I work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday
1: mornings, okay, and I have
2: three and a half days to do it, but. The, the part of the story that, as far as Buffy and I being together, when Buffy first came to work for me, I had, um, actually, I had just lost the only stud dog I had. It, it got a, uh, infection and we lost him. Hey. And I had three breeding females when Buffy came to work for me. Um, Raglan now has, as of today, we have three stud dogs, 11 breeding females two dogs, two older dogs in for training, two puppies in for training. And we have, I will arrogantly say, maybe I'm wrong, probably one of the nicest kennel facilities in the United States. <laughs> most, of, most of that I give credit to Buffy for because I could not do this by myself. Nice. Um, and when she came on board, um, it just opened up a whole new world for me. I couldn't. I by no means could be by myself. So by her being here, I'm able to go to the office, do things, and she's she's here, she's taking care of things, and I don't have to worry about dogs whenever I'm drilling on teeth.
0: Nice, nice, nice. Yep. So, yep. okay, so dog, I guess, are you as particular on dog teeth or as you are on people teeth? Well,
2: unfortunately, probably not. <laughs> um, but, but we are big believers in uh, raw knuckle bones from from cattle, uh-huh. so if you can go to the butcher
0: shop, get you you know some raw bones, that will take care. Of you. Okay, okay, I uh, I would I always thought and, and not to go down this, but I always I give my dog those same bones, like the raw hide bones that you get in the store or something like that. Um, and I was giving them to him, and I honestly stopped giving it to him as much because uh, I just thought it was I was gonna create a hard mouth problem. Um. Yeah, but I yeah I might slide Ruger one one a year, but they're again the the raw ones like they look like they come out of a butcher shop. I just get them out of Kroger. But back on to um, just back towards the podcast, we were talking about you know raw bones and stuff like that. Um, and I I give my dog those bones, but I really thought I was creating a hard mouth bone. To, I mean a, a hard mouth problem. So I kind of cut back on doing it, but I did notice his teeth were really clean. <laughs>
2: Right, and we don't do raw hides. I mean, what mm. we're giving them our our, our raw bones okay. from a butcher shop that they can't. These dogs, at least, cannot break the bones. Oh wow! And they can gnaw on them. They get the marrow out, um, and it just allows the dog to be their teeth clean naturally.
0: Okay. So,
3: okay. No. and that's allowing them to have it for about three to five days, about once every two to three months. Right.
0: Huh. Okay. Well, that's so good. We don't, they,
2: they by, by no means, do they get it all the time? Yeah, so no. I, and I understand, I understand that.
0: A little breed every now and then. Right. And that's that's what I was doing. But I have a butcher shop near me, so I'm, I'm actually going to go there and get, you know, the kind that you guys are talking about. But, you know, going back to what we were talking about as far as gun dogs, you know, Mike Stewart had a huge, profound impact on both you and I. Um... Meeting him was, I mean, I I appreciate you literally taking the time to um, even, you know, walk me over to Mike and introduce me to him. Um, And you you smiled at whatever kind of crazy foolishness I was telling you. (laughs) But um, I mean, Mike has had a really uh, big impact. So what is it like learning from Mike Stewart and and just adopting the Wild Rose way? What is that like?
2: um it was as far as adopting it there was no adopting it really because mm-hmm. it's the only thing i knew okay you know, i've never trained any other this thing um but mike is i mean anybody that's met mike i mean he's very straight and to the point and there's not a lot of uh gray area with him
1: mm-hmm. it's,
2: you know he, and I, I mike is and his wife kathy are like second parents to me so i mean i'm very close to them but um mike is a former police officer so that's his personality, mm-hmm. um, and it's very straight to the point. But, you know, the side I get, to, I, I was uh, had the honor of seeing his, the other side, you know, the funny Mike, that, you know, he's laughing and joking and cutting up. But um, his dogs and his training are his world. Mm-hmm. He's, he's real serious about it. Um, but it, it you know, like I said, it, he, uh, you know, he took me under his wing. He showed me everything that there was. To, to
0: learn um doing doing dogs that way um and it's just made a profound impact on my life okay 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 um i mean yeah. just learning so when i got into it kind of like you that was all that i knew at the time when i started with my lab and i i had just taken a wild rose way and just really studied it you know like I'm, I'm the type of person that reads a lot um and so I took my time to study it. And, you know, it's, it's unfortunate and I hate to say this, but there has been a, I've never said this before on a podcast, but there's been a few people that really look down on that particular training method. And nobody has the perfect anything as far as dog training. But it, it's just so unfortunate that people kind of look down on it to me because I've had so much success. With that particular um, training method, and I swear by it, any of my labs will always, always, always go through that. Um, Right. You know, I just, I hate that it's it's not out there a lot, but I've heard one or two and it just really bothered me. And so I'm glad to have you on because, I mean, you are an authority in this particular industry and you can speak to that. Um, and, and like you said when you meet Mike Stewart he's such a he's a gentleman you know and um, that was actually the first thing my wife said about both of you all actually was um, when we kind of walked away and went to other booths at um, Orvis she was like those guys are just really nice and they are really 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 gentlemen I mean she just loved the way you talk she's she's all into linguistics and stuff and she was just like um, she was saying that Jay is just so eloquent. <laughs> She's like I just really like well, listening I've to got him. Hurtful.
1: That's awesome.
0: <clears throat> I I'm, I'm not lying. She was like, you know, I just really I'm captivated by what he says. <laughs> I was like, hey, I I like it. And then, you know, Mike, he's he's Mike. <laughs> you can't not like right. him. <laughs> right. Right. Absolutely. So Absolutely.
2: But you're right. You're right as far as I mean, there is a lot of controversy between American training and British training, blah, 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 it's, you know, it's just, you know, it's kind of one of those deals of how, how do you want your steak cooked? Right. You know, if you, you do what, what works for you, what you like, there's no right or wrong, right, necessarily. Um, and, and, you know, the first lab that I had at Duke, um, yes, I trained him mostly wild rose methodology, but, um, everybody around me and, and my circle of friends that had dogs said you have
0: to force fetch the dog you have to force fetch the dog so oh my gosh
2: yeah I, I, I force fetched the dog mm-hmm. um, the whole time I was doing it he was kind of looking at me like why are you doing this yep. to me but he, he's the last dog in you know whatever 16 mm-hmm. years that I force fetched yeah um, because there's there's nothing wrong with that I just think there's other ways to get the best out of a dog
1: mm-hmm.
2: um and it, it just, just whatever works best in your hands is, is mm-hmm. what is best. Right. Um, and and I, I really hope that, you know, the trainer that I am in 2019 is not the same trainer that I am in 2020. Mm-hmm. I, I really hope that I um, have my eyes open and, and willing to change and adopt and do different things because I, I have so many. I'm so fortunate and blessed that I've got so many men in my life that are unbelievable dog trainers mm-hmm. that I'm forever learning. Yep. Um, you know, I, I had a dog this summer that I trained, that um, his retrieving was atrocious. I mean, he was one that I was to the point of, I, I think I'm going to have to force finish this dog because wow. this is just a train wreck. Um, and I called a gentleman that I've, I've gotten to be friends with up in New York by the name of Fred Bradley. Mm-hmm. And And said, Brad, here's what's going on. And and his response was, Jay, will the dog retrieve it all? And I said, yeah, some days he will. He said, just calm down. It's there. Mm -hmm. You are just going out every day and testing that dog to see if he'll do it for you. If you're just leaving alone, he's probably going to come up and be great. And he's 100% correct. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, as the human, I was putting too much pressure on myself to make that dog perform a certain way. And it just wasn't necessary. Right. The dog
0: had the skills and he was going to do it. Mm-hmm. And that was a big thing. I mean, you 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 spoke to a, a lot, literally, exactly what it is that I believe in. Um, I messed around and, you know, I didn't force fetch my dog when I first started. I knew nothing about force fetching. Um, and, and thank God my dog has a, a natural hold. So he's just very inclined to holding and, you know, retrieving. He's a lab. Um, uh uh-huh. And, you know, that whole thing, and and, and not to create too much of a controversy and dialogue about it, but, you know, the whole force fetch thing, I personally did not feel good about it. I didn't feel good about, like, putting that much pressure on a dog to get him to do a job when I could just figure out another way to make it pleasurable for him. Right. You know.
2: And and there are dogs, I think, I mean, there are dogs, especially pointy dogs, that Mm -hmm. if you want them to retrieve there's there's
0: not enough retrieve in them that they're going to have to be forced that to right. that's important
2: to you right um i in my personal opinion um i agree with you you know hopefully there's enough natural in a dog that it's willing to do its job without that mm-hmm. but there is value at times. yeah i mean there is value of doing it it's just i don't think that dog training is a recipe book you know just because I put
0: two eggs in this cake doesn't mean I have to put two eggs
2: in the next cake. Right. Every dog is different that I train. Right. Um,
0: which is what makes it fun. Right. And that's that's exactly um, you know what it is that I want to do with my podcast. I mean, I'll be picking up a little English pointer um, come February. I probably said it fifty million times on my podcast, but come February, I'll have one. And I I know just off the bat, I'm not going to be able to train that dog the same as i did ruger it's just gonna right. it's a totally different breed and i'm and i'm gonna be asking uh this dog to do a totally different job and so at that right. point yeah the force fetch may have to be applied i honestly hope i don't have to <laughs> I, I honestly do right but you make adjustments and 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 you go off of what the dog um Where the dog's speed is, you know. You made a good point saying, "Just chill out, just chill out." (laughs) You know, so many of us get so excited about having a dog, and so soon, and and Lord, if we get a spring puppy. But just chill out. (laughs) Absolutely. So let's 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 talk about a lab. You started with a lab, dude. Now you could have had so many other breeds. But what made that particular dog so special to the point where you, you, you picked him?
2: Um, I, I wanted a dog to duck out with. Okay. So okay. A lab was the dog. Um, I by no means started that and say, I'm going to have a wild rose dog. Mm-hmm. Mike Stewart was a guy that I saw his ad in Ducks Unlimited magazine and called him. Okay. So there was no, you know, I, I know a lot of people that having been in that, the wild rose world. I mean, there are people that have have waited years to get a Wild Rose dog.
1: Yeah, I know I know a couple. I, I, just, I I'm not that guy. Yeah. You know, I just hey
2: hey, that looks like a good dog. Let's get one. Mm-hmm. Um so that's that's kinda of how I got started. Duke was the best dog I could have ever had for my first dog mm-hmm. because he was really tough. And by that I mean I could make a lot of mistakes with him mm-hmm. and he would be very forgiving
1: of my mistakes
2: mm-hmm. where, um, honestly the dog I, I prefer today is not the, the tough dog, because I mean, with Duke every day was a fight. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, who's, who's going to be in charge of Um, and even though it was good for me to learn on, that's not a lot of fun to train. Right. Um, but softer dogs that, you know, you look at them and they melt into a pool of butter are not forgiving um but they're easier once you can get inside their head they're easier to train right. uh, because they they want you to be running the show they don't want to be in charge they just want to know that they're good dogs right and and you tell them they're good dogs right right so, um but no duke um buffy actually had the pleasure of, of knowing duke for a few months before he passed away um that I hired with Duke was a storied dog I mean Duke would do anything he was killing stuff for me um, and just lots of fun stories and memories that I'll have the rest of my life because of him but he's the one too that I mean he taught me to train dogs yeah um, so he was definitely the lab of a lifetime for me I would say mm-hmm. um, and, and I went through a lot of dogs trying to get my next Duke um, and, I, and I have one now named Crapper um, I have labs I have two labs still. I always have labs because I, I still waterfowl hunt. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
2: it, uh, it took me a long time. I went through a lot of dogs that yeah. buy them, try them a little ways, and say, Nope, you don't have it. I get rid of them. I sell um, Trying to find my next Duke. And, and I've got one. I yep. say he's a good boy, and he's just uh, he's different.
0: Yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Well, Duke sounds a lot like Ruger for me. Um, you know, I, 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 would, I would think that I had the same dog if Duke was yellow. Please tell me he wasn't yellow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I think I have your dog over here, man. <laughs> yeah, he's been reincarnated. Right. I'm. I'm serious, and and Ruger's done a lot, a lot of that for me. I mean, I just I learned everything, and like, dude, Ruger has been very forgiving. I mean, I made a mistake uh, yesterday, matter of fact, and you know that that almost cost me, and just being young and being overly ambitious and, you know, pushing too hard or putting him in a situation that he really shouldn't be in. Now, what I do like about Labs, and we'll get on to the point, I mean, not the pointers, the uh, Cockers, what I do like about Labs is I just think they are a, I will always have them because I think they are a tough dog. I mean, I think for beginners and people coming in, honestly, I don't think I made a bad decision. And I don't think you made a bad decision. I think a Labrador retriever is to me the all around dog. It is. Yeah. To me and I
2: have people thrill I have people call me a lot to say, you know, hey, I I pheasant hunt in North Dakota and I duck hunt in Illinois and I goose hunt in Ohio. I wanna get a cocker. I'm like, No, you don't Mm -mm. want to get a cocker. That's (laughs) not the right dog for you. Um, and I've lost I've lost Quote unquote lost sales because of that, but I want somebody to have what it is that I think they really need. Right. And in my opinion, if you're, especially if you're a waterfowl hunter as well as an upland hunter, equally, you need a lot, you don't need a cocker. Mm-hmm. That's crazy.
1: Mm-hmm. Because
2: a cocker can't, a cocker, if you live in South Georgia or North Florida and you're shooting a few wood ducks, yes, sir. Right. A cocker can do that without question. Right. If you're hunting in Illinois and you're breaking ice to shoot mallards, you don't want a cocker spaniel. They can't do it. Mm-hmm. They're, not, they're not built for it.
0: Right, right. Yeah. I I totally agree. Um, you know. So just moving on to um, the cockers and uh-huh. just the whole Ryglin story. Where did the name come from? And let's talk a little bit about Cassie, your first cocker. Okay.
2: Um, to start with, Ryglin mm-hmm. is a name or a word that I made up. No. So <laughs> my goal history to it other than the two gentlemen in the UK that helped me get started were Ian Openshaw, who owns Ritech Scum Dogs. Okay. And another, uh, very, very, very good friend of mine named Nigel Carville owns a kennel called Mm Asterglin. So I took Ritech and Asterglin and put them together and made up the word Ritek. Wow. So just to, and, and just as a way of, uh, honoring those two I guess Mm -hmm. um, for what they had done and even when I first started it I had no clue it was going to turn into what it's turned into by any stretch of the imagination Mm -hmm. Um, but Kathy, um, Kathy was the first Cocker uh, that I ever bought, she was a field trial winner from the UK, had competed in the Cocker Championship the year before I bought her Um, probably one of the toughest, hardest-going cockers I've ever had. Um, that little dog, when I took her to North Dakota for the first time, um, she would hunt six or seven hours straight in the field. Wow. And not miss a beat. Um, and, you know, funny thing, when I show up to North Dakota, I'm always the guy with the trailer full of labs. <laughs> and I still did have a trailer full of labs at the point that I get this little fuzzy-headed cocker standing up and everybody laughs at me. Like, mm-hmm. what in the heck have you done to yourself? Um but I always tell people, again, kind of similar to my story, at lunch that day, nobody was laughing anymore because right. my dog kicked their butts. Um, and I saw more than once. Cassie didn't always have the best manners in the world. Mm-hmm. I watched her on more than one occasion. Um, a lab maybe would beat her to the pheasant in the field that she would proceed to go up, grab that pheasant out of the lab's mouth and bring it back to me. <laughs> because they only had longer legs is the only reason they beat her. Right. Um, but now... But Cassie's been retired. She's been retired for about a year and a half, um, and she actually lives with a good friend of mine. Um, she spends her summers in New Hampshire and her winters in Texas, and travels the West bird hunting. Wow! So she has got the ultimate life.
0: I was I was going to say she's got she is made.
2: Yeah, yeah. So it's at eight years old. All of our females are retired um, from having puppies and. We retire them with clients of ours that Buffy and I both feel good about. They're gonna give them a good home, allow them to hunt and that sort of thing, and do what they wanna do the rest of their life. Yeah. So that's what Cassie's up to.
0: Okay. 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 Yep. So and 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 there's a second part to that question, but I kinda wanna pick Go up ahead. on a point that you brought up. Um Okay. You re- you retire your dogs um, as far as breeding at eight years old. Um, Buffy, is there a reason or, or or Jay, is there a reason why eight years old is is the the ideal number for you? I don't know.
2: They're by eight years old. I mean, it, it's just the poor girls have. I mean, they've done a lot. In life. Mm-hmm. And again, it's just. Not that it's fun for, for Buffy or I either one to see a dog that we've spent years of our life with to, to send off, mm-hmm. but at the same time, we can't keep them all here. Um, they're still in very good shape. We don't want to, um, and I hate to even say this word on social media, we don't want to be viewed as the puppy mill, mm-hmm. absolutely 100% the best for our dogs. Right. And the best is, hey, girls, you're still in great shape. Yeah, could they have another litter or two puppies? Absolutely they could. But, you know, you, you want them to be able to live a
0: good life in right. retirement and, and be respectful of them. Right, right. And I, I can appreciate that. And it's, it's so easy, you know, that. and I hear about it all the time where your trainers, they do get caught in having too many dogs. We're not going to say that other word. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: Absolutely. They they
0: get caught into it, and and it's like it's it's almost like it's impressive because I've got two hundred dogs in a kennel, and it's like no, (laughs) if if you if you can't because one person even two people cannot devote the adequate amount of time to that many dogs. No way. You you just cannot. It's no quality
3: of life for the females either. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Just to keep
3: breeding them, and it's like Jay said, at least they can still retire and enjoy life. It's like a pregnant woman at 70. <laughs> right. <laughs> you got to let them go, do their
1: own thing. Mm-hmm. 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 Now,
2: there, there are, I will say, Darrell, there are, there's a female or two that we own that I don't think will ever leave her, that I think will always be part of Bradley. Okay. Because they are, they're special to Buffy and I both. Right. Um, Will they retire from having a puppy today? Yes, sir, sure, they will. But, well, they get to live the good life with us, you bet. Right. Um, I mean, they may be chilling out in the office with Buffy or just going on honey trips with me, uh, but they're going to... There's there's a few few of those special ones that you have in life that you're not going to
0: let go. Right, right. And I, I, I totally understand that, and I think that's a very noble thing. So... Let's talk about, you know, um, just starting a kennel from scratch. And that's something I've actually been very interested in down the line. But I just, you know, I just don't have enough experience and I kind of want to learn a little bit more. Um, But let's talk about starting a kennel. um, You know, Buffy, what it takes to manage that. um, And just, you know, just down the line, how do you start? Ryland Gun Dogs.
2: Um, I, I think I mean, for for me when I started, it, it. And I give one million percent credit to any success that I have with cocker spaniels to the to the guys in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, if it wasn't for the guys over there that um, I developed relationships with, I would not be you'd be talking to somebody else and I'd probably be watching a football game. Um, (laughs) They, uh, I guess they probably believed in me before I believed in myself, so to speak.
1: Wow. Um,
2: uh, so I got, so just a little bit of history on, on how it was that I was able to get really kickstarted was, okay. So I got Cassie, um, June of 2013, I think in February of 14, I bought my first dog named Zach. Um, and then later that spring, um, one morning, I wake up, and my phone has just been burned up all night long with those guys over there contacting me. Finally, I wake up, I call them. I'm like, what in the world is going on? We've got a dog you need to buy. It. I'm like, okay. Well, <laughs> you tell me about her. Well, she was the mother of the doctor that was given to the queen of England. Wow. Like, okay, now we're talking. Um, <laughs> do you want to buy her? Absolutely, yes, I want to buy her. Um, they agreed actually to have her bred over there before sending her to me, um, and her name was Pop. Um, so Pop was the first female that I actually had a, any puppies with from Rykland or for Rykland, and uh, you know when when you're able to get a dog like that, and she was she was a special dog. I mean when you're able to get that dog in your kennel and give your give you a little notoriety, um, that's how I got started. Okay. You know, again. That has nothing to do with Jay Lowry No one did about anything. Yeah, um, I just I had people that believed in me and were willing to help me, um, and and that's how it is. Honestly, today today, Carell, Um I've got people that that believe in me and, and are willing to help me. So the pop story, um, in in her her puppy was named Diamond that is owned by the Queen that was trained by Ian, um, is is what. You know, when I talked to Cubby Rise magazine the first time, that's a cool story. Right. You know, to tell Cubby Rise. Um, after telling them that story, and, and John, Sims, and I getting to know each other a little bit, started advertising. They agreed to do an article about me. Um, it's little things like that that I look back on and say, holy smokes, how did this happen?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, so, and we have a little bit of a niche market. Yeah. I mean, if you look for Labrador retrievers, there's about 250,000 different people across this country that raise Labrador retrievers.
0: Oh my God, don't Um, remind me.
2: (laughs) Any more, a quote-unquote British lab, that's nothing special either. There's about 150 that do that. Mm -hmm. Um, English coppers are becoming more and more and more popular. And and their popularity really started about five or six years ago, at least that I knew about them. And we're, we are committed to being a kennel that we only raise first generation UK dogs. By that, I mean, we don't keep puppies back to raise puppies out of our puppies. Um, Mm -hmm. I want fresh blood coming into this country all the time.
0: Ooh, you talking my language. I love it.
2: So that's what, that maybe that's what helps us be successful. Um, social media is a wonderful thing Mm -hmm. uh, to starting a business. You know that, um, but yeah, I mean, starting from scratch. And again, if it wasn't for dentistry, this mother doesn't happen. Uh, I've been blessed in dentistry that I that I have a career that allows me time and, and extra money to do what it is that
0: I'm doing. hmm hmm Wow. I mean, that's just a phenomenal story. My wife is going to enjoy that because she has this this fascination with the Queen of England. So as soon as she hears this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> She is a a queen of England, Meghan Markle fan, so she is just all over it. Um, and that was that was actually my buy in. I'm actually going to use that one next time because I've always thought about just some maybe sometime down the line, um, getting a cocker. Not anytime soon, but I live in Georgia. I just think it it makes sense. But I think that's going to be my selling point. Okay, <laughs> that one's going to be my selling point. So. When we talk about, um, you know, cocker is coming into fashion and and I want to get back on the kennel management thing, but you're bringing up so many thoughts that I've already had. I, I hate to be the guy that, you know, calls things and I could be totally wrong, but I just noticed in the three years that I've been doing this, it was just like a surge of cocker spaniels, like English cockers. I would see them, and I'm like, whoa, why is everybody getting one? Does it seem like that to you, or am I just thinking too hard?
1: No,
2: I think it definitely is like that. Um, and I think, you know, just like anything that becomes in vogue, um, you
0: know, Dalmatian puppies—one hundred and one Dalmatians mm-hmm. was revisited, brought out
2: again—Dalmatian puppies went crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a dangerous thing for the breed. Yeah, the popularity is.
0: We'll think about labs. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, hey, I've got one. You've got one. Let's breed them in the backyard. We don't know really what we've got. Hey, what the heck? Let's try it and make some money. Well, that that can give the breed a bad name. Um, and, and I don't claim to be a know-it-all by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, Buffy and I are just trying to do our absolute best to produce the best puppies that we possibly can right. from pure UK genetics. But you are 100% correct. Their popularity is, I mean, yeah, it's great for me. Um, but it's uh, it's a thing like you, you kind of touched on this earlier if I had my guess is if we had 20 females that we bred puppies with raised puppies with we'd sell 20 litters of puppies a year wow. no question about it Jesus but it's just Buffy and I yeah okay, we, we want to keep something that, that we can manage and Buffy said it we want to make sure we're giving these dogs even when they're here having puppies with us we're giving them a quality of life. They're not just locked up in a pen all day and, um, hey, it's time to have puppies. Let's go do this. I mean, that's not kind of the game we play. Right. We're here to to have the best we can do. mm mm-hmm. um, And giving the dogs the best life we can give them. Absolutely. Um, and, and, that's, and, and for us, our magic number right now is about 10. Okay. Um, You heard me say earlier, you heard heard me say earlier we have 11 females right now. Yes, we do. But the part you didn't hear was three of those females are going to retire in 2019. So that puts us down to eight. So, yeah, we're going to be bringing new dogs in pretty much every year Mm -hmm. to keep our number at what we feel like is what we can do the best at, which is 10 females.
0: Right 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 and you just made a big announcement on Facebook we'll get to it later but now it it, the pieces to the puzzle are starting to add up for me because you know I've I've been Instagram stalking you for a while (laughs) so the the pieces to the puzzle are coming uh they're coming together and it's all starting to make sense for me now and you know, to be able to say that and to keep those first generation genetics and things like that—I mean, that's just, like I said, a very noble thing. Um, and the more I learn about this this process, it just it it it, it it's all coming together. You know, it's going to make sense. And you're doing absolutely what's not in vogue, but what's good for the breed. And I, and I just appreciate that. You know, um, and the work that you got you and Buffy put in, it shows. You know, it definitely shows. So let's yeah. let let me let me send send a little heat your way, Buffy. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about veterinary work and and how you keep all of that together. So, just how is that? What is that process like? And how are you keeping guaranteeing keeping them in top tier shape?
3: Well. Yeah. Them for the root. Well, we have the vet actually come out here to the kennel. Mm-hmm. And we do our routine vaccinations, and I've just got um, records on all that. Each month, first of each month, I weigh each one of them, and we do their heartworm preventative. Um, and that fluctuates by the weight. Now, we also look back, you know, each month and see who's gained and who's a fatty and who needs to put on a diet and who needs more exercise. So. Mm-hmm. Um, about probably about once a week or once every two weeks, I'm taking somebody to the vet for some reason.
0: (laughs) So they know you very well.
3: They do. They do. Um, and they're very good to work with, um, whether it be to go for puppy counts, or when we do get new dogs imported in, we, we x-ray their hips and elbows to guarantee them. So there's a process there when the dogs come, come over from England. Um, I don't know. Uh, as far as the vet stuff, we, I mean, like if we have a dog that's got a messy stool for some reason, we just call the vet and we've got a, a medicine cabinet, if you mm-hmm. will, of antibiotics. Mm-hmm. And we explain what's going on and he tells us which medication to put the dog on and for how long.
0: Okay, cool, 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 cool. So, speaking about a, a medicine cabinet, do you have any. Items that you yourself, as, as as a kennel manager, what are some of the items that you keep on hand? Um, say maybe you can't make it to the vet, or or something that you just even think is essential. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, we have different types of antibiotics that um, Dr. Chad, when he's here, he kind of told us what to stock our uh, medicine cabinet with: mm-hmm. three or four different types of antibiotics to treat different um, symptoms. We have different types of warmer. Some of the dogs get coccidiosis, coccidia. So we have to, if you just can't do a normal tapeworm warmer to treat that. We have eye ointments, we have bandages. We have a saline bag in case one of the dogs gets dehydrated when Jay's out hunting them. Um, Peroxide staple or suture gun. Um, the silver nitrate. Okay. Uh, I mean, it seems like every time the vet's here, or we're there, we pick up something new <laughs> to, add to, to add to the cabinet or to the the kit. Right. Okay. It's it, it's then,
0: like going to the grocery store, and you always pick up something else. <laughs> yes. Yes.
3: Correct.
0: That's
2: the benefit. The benefit, That that we have is. Multiple. One, we have a great relationship with our vet. Mm-hmm. Um, he trusts us. Buffy's history, I mean, she worked at a pharmacy for 20 years. Um, I mean, she knows and understands the drugs better than I. Um, you know, in fact, she walked in just by the door and said, Hey, I just put a dog on. She had a runny stool. This is about to put him on. Am I supposed to do that once or twice a day? Well, she automatically knows the answers to those questions were, you know, Maybe it's
1: a dentist I should know, but I don't deal with a lot of diarrhea in my office. Right. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> right. But, um, but no, I mean, it, it's the benefit that we have of our vet knows that we're not... that we're trustworthy. That we're not silly. Yeah. Um, and not every vet's going to be like that. That's, you know, it's a huge blessing that we've got. Otherwise, that would be going there once
1: every week or two. She'd be going there twice a week. Mm-hmm. Looking, hey, this is the problem. Hey, that's the problem. Because when
2: you have... We have 22 dogs
0: right now. Somebody's got problems, mm-hmm. you know, and you have to deal with that in a timely manner. Oh man, 22 dogs. I'm like I said, I'm I'm a, I'm going to take notes from you so I can convince my wife. <laughs> so you
1: need, her, you need to bring her. up here to see this.
0: Well, that was gonna be my next thing. I do want to, um, I, I pay a visit to you guys. So, you know, maybe a little bit later after we get off and, and, you know, stop recording, you know, just to make sure I can set that up. Because, yeah. like I said, Jay and and Buffy, it, I don't know if Jay told you how big my eyes got when I met him. <laughs> um, you
2: are so kind. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you want to know what's crazy? I have a habit of, of, of just... I give a lot of compliments and, and not out of just boosting you, but you guys are the guys that I'm looking at, you know, and, and learning from, um, and I'm making a point on my podcast to, to get people that I really get a good vibe from. So I, I promise you, I'm not boosting you. It really means a ton that I even got a chance to shake your hand. <laughs> <laughs> so, kind. so Buffy, when, when you guys get new puppies, and you are you are gonna be kennel mom. You are the kennel mom. What what is that like? I mean, every, because it's it's not like we're just bringing one little dog in or anything like that. Every dog is different, and and you've had to adjust to those personalities. So, what's that been like over the years?
3: That's fantastic. I'm, who who wouldn't want to go to work every day and sit and play with puppies and get to know them? Mm-hmm. Just being with the mom dare. I her usually when they start having the baby
1: mm-hmm. just to
3: make sure everything goes well um just getting to know the puppies and then when the clients come to pick them they kind of ask well what is this little puppy and does it have any quirks about it it just it's just awesome
0: mm-hmm. okay 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 so and go and ahead like, go ahead
3: we weigh them and then Warm them like at four weeks. The puppies don't go home until they're eight weeks old. Uh, start we- the weaning process or transitioning them to blended dog food, what, four weeks? And then they're totally weaned from mama by six weeks. So they're eating good four times a day when they go home with their clients. Uh, a lot of the clients that come in usually fly into St. Louis, so there's another vet trip, because I do have to take the puppies over to the vet clinic to have a health certificate because they have to have that to fly home.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So, I mean, the, I won't lie, the first three litters that when I was here, when they went home, I cried. I yeah. couldn't do it just watching all those little farts leave. Now, <laughs> it's not easy. It's not, it's, I don't cry anymore. It's still not easy, but just seeing the, the clients come in and they're so excited and knowing that they're just going with good people is, is a blessing in itself. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And
3: I have to, I mean, I always show them how to, how I've always held the puppies and the puppies love to be held and kissed. And one, one big gentleman's like, well, it's not going to be, you know, loves and kisses at my house. I'm like, well, while you're here with me, it's going to be. Right. <laughs> so, anyway, that's,
0: that's that. Wow. Well, you know, I think you just answered my question about what a day in the life is. It, it, Jay, I think you got the better end of the deal, man. I, I told you, I mean, I, I can't be doing what I do. Without her. <laughs> um,
2: it's unbelievable. And, uh, you know, just like we have new puppies, we have not new puppies. They're a little over three weeks old right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're at that stage where they really have to have lots of attention socialization that sort of stuff um i mean that, that's, yeah. that's where buffy shines at i mean you, you uh I, I've, we've got video cameras on all the dogs and they have a big tv in, in the office where we can see them and it's not unusual to uh to come in here if she's not at the desk or back with the big dogs i look at the screen and she's back there hugging and loving all puppies um <laughs> It, it's that, that is such, and it sounds like, oh, that's just one game. Without that, the dogs, the puppies are not well socialized. I mm-hmm. mean, it's got to be, that's just critical. I mean, these people are, we're so fortunate that we have people that come, our last puppy picking, we have people from San Diego, Minnesota, Houston, Texas, North Carolina, all over the country come in here to get these dogs. And the last thing we want is to come get these dogs and, People are like, oh, my God, it's been raised in a coal shed. It's never even seen a person
1: before.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That's, let me assure you, that's not the case here, because Buffy is uh, Buffy's on the job.
0: Right, right, right. Well, I'm here for it. I mean, you know, and, and I, I struggle with that same issue myself, where, you know, my, my wife comes in, and she's, you know, loving on my dog, and she sings to him, and and. I've learned that that is actually crucial. That is a very essential thing, you know, for a, for any dog of any age. Um, I probably am not the person to do it because I'm kind of always wondering, okay, well, you know, how far can I get him to go to retrieve, and how can I do this, and how can I do that? So I'm typically always processing. But what I do appreciate about the team that you guys have built is very similar to the, the team that I have with my wife. She's Offering, you know, what it is that I'm not. She's countering my craziness. <laughs> Put it that way. <laughs> right. Um,
2: and, and, and and the great thing is, honestly, I mean, we've got dogs in our kennel right now. That when it's time for those dogs to do anything in this building, I might as well be dead because mm-hmm. they could care less if I existed because they go to Buffy.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But when it's time to go to the field and work, they are. All about it with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, there is the, there is a perfect balance, mm-hmm. um, and, and the dogs do need to do that. And, and just like you, Darrell, I mean, when I first started, I really had in my head that I was like the dog, you know, and I sometimes still am, kind of the dog Nazi. That it, uh, I didn't I didn't allow it to be fun, right? Um, and it has to be fun mm-hmm. to uh, to enjoy it. And yeah, it's, it's just a good time. Right. It, it's a great time, and you know, even on Ian Openshaw's, in, in I, I've said it. I think he's the best. Um, on his website, he's got a quote he himself said: um, "Every gun dog I've ever trained has been my friend." Mm.
0: Um, wow,
2: that's. I read that and I thought, wow, that's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there's nobody. For those of you who don't know who Ian Openshaw, is there's no one in the UK that is a more successful. Steel Trailer and Eagles. Mm-hmm. Um, he's made over. He's made over a hundred field trial games, and that's just under that
0: over there. Right. I would. I would say if I could compare, and my pointing dog people are probably going to crucify me after this, so bear with me. I would like <laughs> to compare Ian Openshaw to a Feral Miller here. I would. I just. I. I think that as far as the number of titles and 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 just. The quality of care, you know, that's given to those dogs, and and the assertion, you know, of training and this and that, to me, those two figures in in both, and and I hate to compare because I don't want it to be like a Brit versus American thing, um, right. But that's kind of how I think about it. Like, okay, we got Farrell Miller over here with pointers, and we've got Ian Openshaw across the pond um, with with flushers and retrievers, and it is something about what. Both of those gentlemen do. Um, that needs to be noted. You know, yes, I am very much so a a, a, a the dog Nazi in this house, but mm-hmm. I make it a point to you know when he's around just hang out. You know, I, I'm Ruger knows when I'm when I'm turning the Nazi on and when I'm not. <laughs> right. Um. So you know that's just a a really crucial thing. So let's talk about something that, um, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit to kind of jump around, but let's talk about, um, something that you told me, uh, yesterday. Matter of fact, you actually in, in training, you don't trial your dogs. So, and and that's kind of not something that I hear a lot about from breeders. Um, and I'm sure you have a very good reason why. So talk about why you actually don't trial your dogs. You just, you hunt them.
2: Very simply, I don't have time. Okay. Uh, I, and, and it's just not a game that I really, and I don't, I don't say game disrespectfully. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just something I don't have a desire to do. You know, if I'm going to spend time on the field with my dogs, I'm going to be hunting right. as much as I can. Um, now, granted, you can field trial in the off season when I can be hunting. Uh, but like I said before, I'm a full-time dentist. I have a wife and children. I have a kennel. Um, At some point, something's got to stop. Right. Um, And that's the big thing of it for me. Um, And I think that. And again, you, you, I, all of us, something are going to get blasted by this. But I think a lot of times, some of the American field trial stuff has gotten to be kind of make believe. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not really what hunting's all about. and the reason I say that, like in the UK, uh, a copper trial or uh, a labrador trial, it's truly, truly, truly a day of hunting. Mm-hmm. It's not, we're going to set up this 450 yard blind retriever cost upon your dog can't touch the finger to the right or the left and there's a poison burden. It, it's not any of that stuff. It's, right. okay, is the dog steady? Does it have game finding abilities? Will it stop and listen to its owner? Um, all that that I want in the field when I'm pheasant hunting or I'm duck hunting is what I see in the UK, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, everybody else has got their own opinions and I'm not trying to start a, you know, again, a UK versus American field trial war. Mm-hmm. That's just Jay Lowry's opinion. If you have another opinion, that's great. I don't, I'm not trying to change your mind. I'm just telling you what I think. Right. Um, and so therefore, it's just something I don't have time to do. So I, I spend my time doing what I do. And honestly, drill Yes, we raise puppies, and I train a few dogs a year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, last year we kind of got a little overwhelmed at one point with dogs that we had in here for training. Um, And Buffy and I sat and talked about it and said, you know what, three, maybe four is our magic number. Because, should I have ten? I could have ten, absolutely. But am I giving my client the best I can give my client? Absolutely, positively, no, I'm not. Mm -hmm. and it's way more important to me that I produce a really quality dog that I'm proud to say I train that dog and it's the best it can be versus saying what you said earlier yeah I've got 27 dogs in training that's stupid right that's stupid you cannot do good quality work with that Mm -hmm. Um, and the worst thing that could ever happen to me in this kennel is to have phone calls coming back saying that dog you trained is no good right uh that hurts me inside big time. But it's not worth it to me. no matter
0: money's worth it to me. Right to hear that. Right, right. And I mean, I'm so glad that you said that, um, Jay, because that's something that I struggle with. Right, like I put my dog, and this is just again my honest opinion. For get crucified. I just get crucified for it. Um, yeah, I, I put my dog in a hunt test, and this was something that me and a buddy of mine were talking about, and I'm still kind of wrestling with with. The who, what, why, and all kinds of stuff like this. put him in a hunt test. He passes the started uh, test first try. um, But then there's two more times that I've got to do the same thing. Right. To me, I didn't really understand the why behind that. Um, But then also, when I look at the amount of handling, I started to feel like I was, not I was, but I was seeing um, a lot of overhandling. I just I wanted a dog to hunt with and, and you get the genetics, you get everything, you work with him, and you, you do everything you got to do. You, he gets in the field, he puts a bird up in the air, you shoot it, he brings it back to hand. We got ourselves a hunting dog. Right. And I, I really struggled with the the, the the sporting aspect of it, quote unquote, where, like you said, you got to thread the needle, you got to do this, you got to do that. And though it is very impressive, Oh, absolutely. It is very impressive. And I probably myself probably could get my dog to do that, but I'm not, not really interested in it. And I'm also never gonna let game get four hundred yards away from me. Yeah.
2: If I shoot a duck that goes four hundred yards away, guess what? I'm going for a walk
1: myself. Right. <laughs> I'm going with my dog, you know, we're gonna go look for that duck. Right. Because it's just that's just a train wreck. What happened and um I
2: honestly, I don't know that I keep training dogs to to field trial quality. Yeah, that's that's my I, I, I just don't know. And American field trial quality, right? And and that's just a different. It's not that my dog's better than your dog or your dog's better than my dog. It's how do I want my dog to behave? Mm-hmm. Um, I've been around a few American field trial labs that you would never want, to collect in your. They're just crazy. Right. I mean, They're just such fire-breathing dragons. Now, are they incredible athletes? Holy mother of pearl. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, is it awesome to watch it happen? Yes. Do I think I would want to sit in the duck line with that dog all day? No. <laughs> because it's sitting there flying and making noise. That's not fun to me. Um, mm-hmm. That's just the way it is.
0: Right. For right.
2: me. To each his own. To each his
0: own. And I totally agree. I mean... It, it's about what you want. And, and just going in further into that conversation, um, you know, for cockers and for labs, what have you noticed between as far as differences or similarities between um, the American bred and, uh, uh, cockers and the, the British cocker temperaments? What kind of what have you noticed about that?
2: Full disclosure, I can't tell you one thing about an American cocker.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: I, I yeah, and and people are gonna say, Well, you're an idiot, you know what I mean? That's you want me to lie to you? I can lie to you, and not have <laughs> a story. But I only deal with and have only job with UK dogs. Because these dogs that I'm getting, as far back as I can go on a pedigree, have been in the field hunting. Right. Um, and nothing Weird is <laughs> not anything. I mean, there's not been. Hey, this dog did some show stuff for a while, and he came back to the field. No, I mean, it's just field trial dogs um, that I've met. So, American cockers may be great. I don't. know um, That's not what I do. So, I I I feel like my my I guess job in life is not to worry about what these other guys are doing.
1: Mm-hmm. It's.
2: What, what do Buffy and I do to make our dogs the best that everybody wants, one of ours? Right. And if they don't want one of ours, that's great. Right. You, you can, there's lots of people raising Cocker's families. um, But we we just want to be,
0: we want to stand out. Right. Right. I, I totally agree. And I do appreciate the honesty and the transparency because it, it takes that. You know, it takes, you know, that specialty to be able to do that and and to be as good as you are you have to you have you you kind of have to to be a specialist in that area you know um right for example right. let's let's talk about sage the cubby rise dog i think that is you know for me on a first hand you know example sage performed phenomenally at, at Purcell Farms you know he, he performed phenomenally and it wasn't that he was doing a whole lot or anything like that it's just it just spoke to the quality of training so what what's it been like having a, a front cover dog and then I mean you've seen that dog from the ground up talk about Sage and his personality
2: oh, Sage 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 he's great <laughs> He's great. He is. He's a good boy. Um, uh, Sage is, is a learner. learning process, honestly. I mean, he's a dog that um, I just I just actually finished training his brother, and his brother went home yesterday. Sage is awesome mm-hmm. today, but he's supposed to be awesome at, which he is. Right. Um, the only thing I'm asking of Sage right now is we're going to go to these shows with Cubby Rise, and you're going to sit there on your gunner kennel and you're going to be a good boy and let people touch you and hug you and love on you, um, he's awesome. I mean, he blew me away at self Farms. I thought this could become a train wreck because a lot of times you put dogs with that many people messing with them, and they're going to come off the, the kennel and be running around being fools. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, stage is one that, that I, like I said, I learned, I've learned with. Um, I had a major trainer fail with Sage. I tried putting too much pressure on him, getting him to do too much too quick, mm-hmm. and I knew when I was doing it that I shouldn't be doing it, but it's one of those things that you know, this is quote unquote the cubby rice dog. Yeah. I've got it doing X, Y, and Z. I,
0: I was going to say, that had to be a lot of pressure, man.
2: Yeah, and and there's no reason to do that. I mean, the dog's going to do it. Um, we we just actually shot the very first Benson I've ever shot over Sage on
0: I saw that. Did was that what you had filmed? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I yeah. thought. I thought I recognized uh, that dog. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, uh,
2: but yeah, I mean, Sage is Sage is slow to slow to turn on, slow to get ready for things, slow, mm-hmm. slow, slow. So the name of the game is it has to be fun. Um, cocker's are a dog that if you think you're going to force one to do something, you're not. Because right. you're not going to. They they love their job. They'll kill yourself. They'll kill themselves for you. Um, but if you're going to force them to do something, it's probably not going to work out real well for you. They're just going to stop. Um, so if you can keep the game done, man, it's, there, there's nothing better in life in the dog world, in Jay Lowry's opinion than seeing a cocker work in the field. Mm -hmm. There's just nothing. But, um, you know, I I tell people a lot of times, if um, if you're unfairly, if you're unfair with a dog, with a cocker, they are, they are going to stop. You're not going to treat them unfairly. Um, And by that, if they see a a correction that you give them as unfair, they may just, thing ain't gonna happen so i mean they're extremely 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 relationship based um way more in my opinion than a lab is mm-hmm. um definitely i mean a pony dog there's not a lot of relationship there right um they're kind of a fire forget dog uh, mm-hmm. it, these concerts if, if you're not on the same page with them relationally it's over
0: with wow I, and i've heard that um a couple of times matter of fact on a few other podcasts um where trainers have said that, like, look, you are not necessarily going to force your way with a Cocker. It's not going to happen. Um, and 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 I think that's, to me, that's a little bit more challenging to work with than a dog um, for, and I'm going to talk a little trash about my my German short hair guys because I got a lot of friends with them. Um, you know, a German short hair will take a, a lip lashing and a beating, you know yeah. and, and we'll be like, all right, what's next? <laughs> Tell me what yeah. to do, boss yeah. Um, yeah but a Cocker is just not gonna do that so would you would you think a cocker is good for your first time dog handler? Um, yeah, if
2: you can get your mind right that this, this is that you know in my opinion like like where I messed up with stage is. I tried doing too much too quick. Had I just let Sage be a dog for about seven months mm-hmm. and got him to go for a walk on a leash with me and just come back to me? Uh, yeah, they can be, but but if you think if you think you're going to force your way, hey, he's not doing oh, what I want him to. Do, I'm going to make him do it. You you have to be as as a trainer the trainer and as the handler willing to step back and say it's not the dog, it's right. me. Right. You know, and I get a little for a while I was doing a little uh, series on YouTube called Saturdays,
0: Saturdays with Saturdays with Sage. I-, I watched them. <laughs> yeah. So,
2: I mean, I had to have, the last one I did was a few months ago and I had to have the, the full disclosure confession of, I screwed up. You know, and I think as the trainer and as the handler, we have to look at this whole investment that we've got in our dogs and say, it's not the dog's fault most of the time. Mm-hmm. If the dog is doing wrong, probably we have we've right. gone wrong somewhere. Right. Um, and that's hard as people. That's really, really hard as men to say that we're wrong about something. Oh my um, god! Sage, yeah. sage's quote unquote issues in life throat are Jay Howard's issues. They're not sages. Yeah. just needs to calm down. And, I, and the thing, I, I bring in his name up again, Fred Bradley. Um, I called Fred about sage and said, Fred, what do I do? Um, and he said, you don't do anything. You guys be buddies for a couple months mm-hmm. and just let it all work out. Yep. And again, he was right. Um, just now, I didn't let his discipline go. I'm not like I was letting him run around and chase squirrels
0: or something. But right, there's a, a, a level of obedience, of course.
2: Right, I, I, I made it. I made when we went out to do something. I made it fun. I right. didn't. Hey, what? You know, can I test you and see you do it today? Um, that was the difference.
0: Right, right, right. I I but think you
2: know, Sage is great. Sage will be a great dog. Sage is going to be with me for probably another year or so. Okay. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna make it all come together in the long run. It's just uh just gonna take a little time.
0: Well, and and I just want to applaud you on that one, uh, Jay, because you know you've like Buffy has the 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 kennel managing part, and there's a, a ton of pressure there, and I and I can acknowledge that, but then getting out in the field, and then even you know, getting on my podcast and saying to a, a cover dog like Sage, hey, I messed up. Getting on YouTube saying, hey, I messed up. And you got guys like me that, you know, are, are like, you know, I I couldn't tell that you messed up. You know, I just, I could not. I, I, I'm being totally honest. And so to be able, and that's something I always want to make sure I do with any of the media that I put out, I want to be honest. You know, because if you're not honest with, with, with yourself and with the dog, then trust me, that dog, and I'm sure you've heard, is a dog to make a liar out of you real quick. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, it, I mean, it's just, and go ahead. No, what I was going to say is a lot of
2: times people come to us and say, I've done this with my dog or I've done that with my dog. And the dog's going to tell you right now, I can look at the dog and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's no, the dog's not going to
0: lie about anything. The dog's very honest. Right, right. And, I mean, and that's what it takes. And, and I, I would like to think that a dog is a mirror to yourself. I mean, people say, oh, the dog acts like the handler. Well, if we're going a little bit further down the rabbit hole with it, that dog's problems are really your problems. And, and that's been something that I've seen in my own, you know, experience. Like, huh, okay. Just yesterday, trying to get my dog to do a 50-75-something-yard retrieve. And for some odd reason, every time I would have my wife, um, you know, throw dummies for me. And for some odd reason, Ruger would just not pay attention. He just, his attention was shot. Well, okay, before I get upset... Why is the dog not have attention? Well, I mean, he's been sitting in the house all day. And then I decided to just pick up and go train. Well, at, at two years old, this is still a, a a first grader, second grader. He's like, hey, look, okay, learning is cool, but this is a totally new environment. And so I had to take a step back and really assess, okay, what's going on? So you take a break, you let him run around, and then you come back to the line, throw another one, blow a duck call, boom, 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 boom. Dog does perfect 50, 70-something yard retrieve perfectly. You know, but what I ended up seeing within a lot of myself was the impatience of I want to train, I want to train, I want to train. Well, they're not thinking about that. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, I just wanted to applaud you on that one. So, because and, and Jay, we we might end up doing this again if you don't mind, because I got so many questions for you that I, we are not gonna be able to get on. <laughs> but <laughs> um I have a couple of listener questions um okay. that, that I wanted to ask you. And they come from um the first one comes from um a, a guy named Clay Trotter. Um okay. and he asked, Do you run more than one yeah. cocker at a time?
1: Um
2: Yes, but maybe not what you think. I typically, like when I'm in the field, we're we hunted this morning. I'll have three dogs out with me. Um, two are just walking at heel, and one is out in front working. Okay. Um, and that way, uh, Ian Openshaw's quote, I can keep a fresh dog in the fight all the time.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: I don't want to go on a, a two or three mile walk and have just one dog. Um, yeah, could they do it? Yes, they can. So don't, don't think they can't do it it's that I have the benefit of having lots of dogs. So I can take three at a time, work them all, and always do a I'll work with for 10 or 15 minutes, pull it back in, put another one out. Um, and it builds, it builds, I mean, as I'm doing that, the dogs that are healed, I'm working on their obedience, I'm working on their steadiness. Um, the whole thing is happening, you know, kind of training and hunting a little bit at the same time.
0: Okay, That's interesting. All right, cool. Cool, cool, yeah. cool. Um, Okay, so my next listener question was from Joshua Yarger and uh, Joshua underscore Y-A-R-G-E-R. I hope I pronounced that right. Um, what are the strengths and weaknesses that you've noticed in an English Cocker?
2: Um, the strength is their focus. Um, you'll hear me refer... On videos or posts that I do, as far as the cocker stare, mm-hmm. um, their their focus is pretty incredible. Wow! Um, so there's, and it's all it's, it's relationship. Again, it comes back to the relationship with the dog. If if we're all on the same page, I can be walking the dogs and have stop and turn around and look at them, and they'll be tend to eyes burning a hole in me. <laughs> um, their 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 weakness is. Um, I don't know. Uh, their greatest strength is their greatest weakness. Maybe okay. sometimes they're so relationship based. You know, yeah. like I said, that it, it can be a negative, and only negative because if if I'm not fair, they will punish me. Um, by punish me, they meaning that they just won't work for me hmm.
1: um,
2: until I reestablish relationships and and that sort of thing. Would you say that's true, Buff? As far as strengths and weaknesses.
3: Yes, and to go along with that being said, it goes back to his his wife and right what's his name, Ruger, being out there with you yesterday?
1: hmm
3: It's all that. I mean, you guys are, you're the ones that take him out and work him. We're just the fun girls that love him. So, kind of spanked, sounds like you both get spanked when, the, when the, the women are around because they know who's going to show them the love. And not that you guys don't show them love, because right. you do...
0: You do praise them when they do a, a,
3: a fine job, but us girls just give them positive praise. Oh, my gosh. When when I tell
0: you, part, I no, mean. That's he, when the
2: wheels
0: fall off the bus. Yeah, I Girl, mean. I would and, it, it, that, that uh, women make way better dog trainers than men do. Oh, my gosh. I so agree. I agree. For sure. I mean. Without a doubt. And it's so wild. I mean, and and Buffy, I'm glad you brought that up. There was a point in time where my dog literally ran out 50 yards. It was like it was the line was perfect, right? And he sees my wife and mind you, I've tried to put camo on her and, you know, kind of get her out of sight a bit. (laughs) Nope, didn't work. And he ran right over there like, mom, 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 give me love, give me love. And I'm like, no. And he's like, oh, shoot. (laughs) So yeah. now this is my my question to you Buffy. What yes, sir. what have you had any any like kennel moments where you were like uh-oh what's going on here like something that probably was a little bit further I mean cuz you sound awesome mind you you everything that you said. So well, what thank you. <laughs> at you what know, moment what, were were huh? The one thing that sticks out my mind
3: is at uh, when I first started here, we were doing the uh, flea and tick drop. Um, I, like I said, I weighed the dog, so I knew which dosage to use. And we had a, a one of our female cockers. She's a tiny little thing, and I, gave, I put the flea drop on the middle of her back. And about three hours later, um, I noticed she was starting to have seizures. I thought she was going to drop dead on me, and it scared me to death because I didn't really know. And I'm panicked and I called Jay at work, not that he could chew anything, but <laughs> time to find out the dosage of those um, flea and tick drops can stimulate them to have seizures it because it, it was too much for her.
0: Are you serious? I didn't know that.
3: Yes, sir. So with that being said, now we use the Brevecto, the flea and tick pill that it, it, it covers for 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. It's, it's wonderful. But that's the vet figured that's what threw
0: her into the seizure because it can do that wow i did not know that and we use a certain type of flea um we use the the edible flea and tick um medicine what is it like heart guard next guard or something like that right. hmm. Mm-hmm. and i i just i mean i just thought it would be like okay they eat it and it you know kind of does what it does around their body and it wouldn't do anything but i did not know that stuff could send a dog into a seizure
3: if it's, yes, if it's too high dosage, yes, it can hit. And then, then there's been the multiple times, I shouldn't say multiple, probably half a dozen times, knock on wood in one, three years, that I've had to call Jay and be like, um, your dog's gone. It's your dog, and it's not home. And it's, yeah.
2: And when it's gone, it's my dog. When, when, it, when they're all here
3: and find it,
0: they're our dogs. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like my wife. <laughs> <laughs> your kid. Exactly, he didn't
3: listen Right No, other than
0: that Everything seems to go, you know, smoothly Mm, Wow, well Like I said, you you sound very much like my wife I I messed around and I was gone one day And and Ruger was just I guess he decided today was going to be his day To to have his way around the house And I got a phone call With an earful This is your dog. Blah 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 blah. Now the next day is all singing to the dog and everything. (laughs) That is hilarious. Well, I mean, you guys have just been phenomenal, and I didn't get through um, you know, near as many of the questions that I wanted to, but my last, last, last question for the new year. Um, and, I, and I do hope and pray that we get another opportunity to get you guys on because there's so much more that y'all have to offer. You guys just made a large announcement on Facebook. Let's talk about that a, a little bit. Um,
2: so we just imported three new dogs. Um, two new females and a new male. Uh, the male's name is George. He's a, he's a red field trial winner. From the UK, little bitty guy, weighs about 24 pounds. And the two females are Lucky and Kim. Kim is actually going to have a litter of puppies for us. She's due January the 11th. Mm. And uh, the sire of her litter is a dog by the name of Mallowdale X Factor. Um, X Factor is owned by Ian. And he was the Cocker Championship winner, I believe, in 2015. But um, somebody I'm sure will correct me if that's wrong. So, again, just a, a guy from southern Illinois that just wanted to raise dogs as, as a kid. Um, Buffy always wanted to be a vet. We now kind of, you know, all of our clients, social media folks, allow us to both kind of live our dream of doing what we always wanted to do as kids. So we're very thankful for it.
0: Wow. That's, I mean, that's, that's phenomenal. And I mean, you guys are going to be and, and have been, you know, consistently the game changers in the, uh, the English Cocker world over here and in, in America. But I just think it was, it was great to have you guys on for the simple fact that people need to, I think people needed to hear from you guys before. The popularity of the, the the English cocker gets saturated, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's very important that you guys are there because, in 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 pardon me if I'm if if I'm wrong, I hope I'm not, but you guys are the the in my opinion the wild rose for the English cocker world. But you do it in the Rygland way, but but you've got that credibility, you know. Thank you.
1: Thank you.
0: I mean. And and to be able to do what you guys have done with two people, that's unheard of.
2: Well, we, like uh, I said, words. We could be bigger, yes, we could be, um, but it's important to us to kind of keep it small, high high quality, low numbers, um, and just doing the best that we can do for our clients.
0: Nice, 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 nice. Well. I mean guys is, is there any way or anything that you you wanted to leave for the listeners any, any updates any product anything give me something um
1: uh,
2: I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head um I mean if you're not following us on social media do that if you need to get in touch with us visit our website raglandgundogs.com uh we'd love to help you find a puppy get a puppy um that sort of
0: thing just whatever we can do to be of service to you guys that's what we're here for nice 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 well and and also jay thank you buffy you were a surprise for me so thank you for coming on (laughs) you're welcome welcome. i i I love to see the 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 the, uh the duo the teamwork so guys that is another episode of the gundog notebook this is the new year's day january 1st episode Um, I will have this released a little bit later on um, this evening. I want to run through it a little bit more. But, you know, it's been a pleasure. And stay tuned next week for another episode, guys. We'll see y'all soon.